Hello and welcome to Mount Rushmore. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as usual by my distinguished colleagues, Mike. Hello. And Rick. Ah, you fucked that up. Hey, <laughs> hole it's richer than Mike. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, citizens, and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff, and as usual, I'm joined by my good friends Ricky. Hello. And Mikey. Howdy. Wait, what just happened there? I don't know. We're already uh, off the rails. Ricky and Mikey are normally locked in uh, intense debate on the Mount Rushmore of any given topic. The four things that best represent any certain thing. And this week is no different when we discuss office politics is the topic of this Mount Rushmore. And I think we can begin... Just establishing this, that nobody did office politics better than the Dilbert comic strip. Am I right, you guys? Oh, boy, when his tie would flip up. <laughs> and Dogbert would come in and say... And then he'd say something about how awful women are. Um, Michael, this was your suggestion. Why did you pick it? Uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit, I work in the branch services and facilities department at my company. Killer softball team. Mm-hmm. Oh God, we don't even have one of those. Oh, nuts. Well, I wonder if sports is on. Richard, is sports? No. Any sort of office I've, ne- sports? I've never been worked in an office where we had an office team. Yeah. This is so when you somebody says pull the curtain back, usually there's like a hot chick back there or a let's make a deal like a cow right. or something. Boop, boop, this boop, may boop. be a cow. Uh, we're pulling it back and there's a toaster that's broken and it stinks of uh, fish and or uh, popcorn. <laughs> the branch? What? What is it? Uh, I work at like division? branch services. Branch so services. We, we're kind of behind the scenes and we do a lot of the things that the it's kind of like office management in a certain way. So I've been doing that at my job for 12 years and. I have a job that it's very difficult to explain what I do. Yes, I've known Michael for 10, 11 years. I still have no idea what Michael does. Some people it's easy to say like, oh, I'm a teacher and I'm a fireman. Mine is like a paragraph and at the end of it, people's eyes just kind of gloss over. Yeah. And they just, they're so bored and they walk away from me. I bet your job started off as a certain thing and then end various duties as necessary took over your entire job. Pretty pretty much. (laughs) So I like, I have like a weird... Uh, kind of perspective on like the things that happen within an office that other people might not notice. Huh. And I think that office politics and some of the things on my list definitely pertain to that. But then the other thing that I thought of, so in this kind of like heightened and hot like political climate, I was thinking of the White House and how there was all of this backstabbing and there's these leaks that come out and uh, how it must be very difficult just to be in that particular office building but underneath all of that there is still like people burning yeah people burning popcorn yeah and someone's leaving like fish in the microwave too long <laughs> yeah and all these things that kind of happen within a regular office and then they're also control they're also controlling like the fate of the world yeah and i just thought oh this is uh, all of these things happen no matter how powerful you are no matter what company you work for there are like little things that like are just so Office-y and like you, you mentioned, and frequently universal. Yeah, no and, matter what, like you said, no matter if you're, whether you're in the White House or whatever the fuck Michael does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who took a dump in the bathroom in the Lincoln bedroom? <laughs> uh, so, hundred okay. percent Steve Bannon, by the way. hundred <laughs> percent upper decker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, you are home. Richard's away. He'll bat first. Yes, I will. And I, I, I should point out that I've never really had a ton of office politics in jobs where I worked, I worked at newspapers for a while and you're just, it's just such a weird work environment. And you, you just don't have time to get involved in that. And you're not really in the office for a lot of the time you're out actually covering shit. People just complaining that they're out of like ribbon ink. 
Yeah, or or out of uh, you know little card press cards that you can put in your fedora. That's right. Who's got all the press cards? <laughs> Things like that. Who's we're all we're all out of sassy dames. <laughs> hey, can somebody go away? We're out of sassy dames. <laughs> um, so I had that, and really the last few jobs, it's been I, I I work in marketing, and we have pretty small departments. So it's usually marketing is part of a bigger eight bigger company. So we're a pretty small group, and so that kind of doesn't lend itself very well to a lot of politics. When you're politicking with one or two other people, mm-hmm. it's just like playing a game of Monopoly against yourself. So there was one time, though, and this will be my first one, which is going over the head of your of your boss to get your immediate supervisor fired. Oh, that's Or fun. something like that. One of those sort of like just bypassing somebody, trying to screw the other person over. <laughs> yeah. That happened to me once when I was the bo- you know, the boss. I was the head of creative for a public relations agency. And one of my um, direct reports decided he thought he could do that job better, so started trying to undermine me to the uh, owner of the the company. And that didn't work so well because she really liked me and kind of didn't like him to begin with. So he he got laid off about six months later. Hmm. So what I'm saying is don't don't cross me. Don't cross this. (laughs) I will fuck you up. But it was, it was like, it was just one of those things is not only was it, you know, poor form to just do that in general, but it was also like really poorly done. How was, did, yeah. How did you find out that you were the target oh, of I, an assassination attempt? I found out because um, one of his coworkers who I wanted to become good friends with and I still talk to to this day, um, came up to me and was like, yeah, Matthew's been talking to me and saying like, yeah, I think I can get Richard's job if I do this and this. You know, I, I really think I should be doing that because he had come from a larger agency and you know, big backstory there. And he, my friend Chris is like, I don't know why he's telling me this. I think he knows we're really good friends. And it's one of those things where you think, is was he telling him that to try and like do some sort of get me flustered? But then you realize, and there's a great quote from the live, from Saturday Night Live book, the uh, oral history. Someone says one time when they're talking about the office politics that were happening there, that things that you think are these incredible schemes are sometimes just people screwing up and not knowing how to fix it. Oh, yeah. I'm, and I'm paraphrasing there, but that's the basic idea, Loose right? Loose sink ships. Or just, or just you think that somebody is, is, is taking part of this massive scheme, like super like complex, like all these moving parts. And really, it's just people floundering, yeah. trying to do something and being really bad at it. Just, you know. I think to bring back the White House parallel, you know, right now we're looking at the administration and every time he, he being Trump, um, makes an incredibly insane tweet or statement, you'll get the uh, news report saying, well, actually, you know, this may be very smart because he's trying to deflect from. Sure. It's kind of Occam's razor, right? The most likely option is no, he's just making a stupid tweet. Yeah, he's just angry. There's no thought about it. Yeah. So I think that's, I, so I, I think that's eventually what was happening mm. there. And yeah, eventually I kind of like laid low for a while and kind of casually mentioned it to my boss a couple of months, like a month or so later. It's like, like you Costanza'd it. I totally Costanza. <laughs> I sat on it. I sat on that thing like it was an egg just right, waiting to hatch. <laughs> and one day I just mentioned, mentioned my boss like, hey, how, how do you think Matthew's doing? And she went, oh, yeah. Hmm. And interesting that you mentioned that. And I just kind of played dumb like, oh, what do you mean? And she said, yeah, no, I... I He's been talking to me, like trying to say, like, boy, I don't think Richard's doing a good job at this and being very kind of passive aggressive about it. And my boss at the time was batshit crazy and a pathological liar. But 
she was also very like did not put up with BS. Oh, so <laughs> that's an interesting was, combo. <laughs> uh, yeah, this 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 could be a whole separate podcast on her, but uh-huh. um, yeah, just didn't put up with it. it was like no, he's, yeah, so yeah, so he's been trying to get. I have I've been ignoring it, but if you know, if you if if you want to do something about it, we can do something about it. That's like, cool, and just sort of like wait until there's an opportunity, and then oh well, axed him. <laughs> okay, Michael. Uh, my first one is passive aggressive notes. Now, whether they are in the kitchen or in the bathroom, there is someone who always uh, feels that they need to confront someone or everyone in the office yeah. uh, with just like a smart ass jibe that's written on a post it. <laughs> or just like it's no, you see, the actual real way to uh, brew a pot of coffee is to. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. <laughs> or uh, this is, you know, this is Richard's milk. Don't even think about taking any of the milk. Or hey, guys. It's always like the passive aggressive ones. Like those are more hey, direct. It's hey, like, hey, guys is a great way to start a, like, a really like crappy. Uh, a lot of people use this kitchen or please let's all blank. Is that what you are? Or these, this is the individualized one. Not you. I would. I, I, I'm kind of kind of doing a smorgasbord. Of, OK, yeah. Of, of any any sort of note that kind of. Uh huh tells you specifically or the office generally yeah. uh, what to do or how you're doing it wrong yeah, yeah. compared to how I would do it. Yeah. Uh, let's make sure that we all, you know, uh, when you're when you're throwing away a toner cartridge, let's make sure we're throwing it away the proper way. Yeah, yeah. And here and here you uh-huh. go. The, I feel like the I as I recall those are either handwritten or they use the appropriate passive aggressive font comic sans. Sure. Yeah, is what they and they usually have the, the most passive aggressive of all yeah. fonts. The clip art bean characters, his, his body shaped like a bean, <laughs> like a bean, and his hands are usually up in there. Up. Uh, do you find that from an institutional level, these things people are are pushed into this position? I always feel like you're Milton the stapler guy sure, when like, you when you ask for other people to treat. This common areas with a little bit of decorum or whatever, but then you know, these, these things in the grand scheme of things, even in an office, aren't any big fucking deal. You don't get your panties in a lather. I think usually they they st- I think they tend to be aimed at a single person. Oh yeah, right. But then they're applied to the entire office, so that you know a hundred other people are just like, why is this note here? I don't, I don't do this. I don't. Yeah. But then it's. Obviously, that someone was standing on the side and noticed that someone was leaving these little creamers out and coming back to them. You had a creamer problem we recently, a, haven't you? Yeah, last <laughs> last year, two years ago. There's some crazy person that uh, would come down and open up like a little like those little creamer drums. Yeah, and, and leave half a creamer and leave half a creamer on the side of the sink, and would come back to it like later in the day. One that seems very. Uh, uh, unsanitary. Unsanitary. Yeah. Two, like other people have to like deal with like, is this garbage? And uh, like, I guess maybe I was passive aggressive because I just start throwing them away, yeah. even though I knew whose they were, but I, I didn't they're... leave a note about it. Yeah. And eventually, I think he stopped doing it. The the we have a half of thing eater in our office, and often they get a half a banana and chop it in half, and then leave the other half of a banana sitting there. Like, you're, like nobody's going to eat the fucking other half of a banana, except tsetse flies, which <laughs> right. fly in a, and swarm all around everywhere. Great, guys. We have malaria great, in the office now. Great. We have in our office a refrigerator that beeps when you leave it open. 
and it is in direct uh, sonic aim of my door. So uh, it just drives me crazy ten times a day. I go, can someone just shut the fridge? <laughs> I think what it comes down to ultimately these notes is people have a worry about confrontation. Like whether it's like an HR driven, like you're suddenly, if you're the person that's confronting someone about uh, how long they should pop their popcorn for, right? suddenly you're in HR's books of having confronted someone about yeah. how long they've yeah. popped someone's popcorn. And then a couple of those build up and then you're that guy that's always complaining about that. Then they need to have a discussion and, with you. And, about- then that, and that becomes a meeting and called into the office. So I think that, that these are ways for people to communicate when they don't know how to just be like, don't stop yeah. making fish. Yeah. yeah. I also think though the person knows that they're, request is petty therefore they feel a little bit sheepish about asking it directly sure, so they I, have a sense of that yeah all right so we've uh, come out of there with um brinksmanship going over the head of the yeah it's a good word person. for it yeah. i like that yeah. yeah and then passive aggressive notes okay richard what's your second so my second one is something i've i've, I've never had, I've, again haven't had to deal with as much directly to some extent but org chart slash title madness <laughs> just <laughs> Hey, it's March. Get your brackets out. <laughs> when when your company's org chart begins to look like a March Madness bracket and nobody reports to anybody. Yeah. I'm dotted to regional vice president Gary, but I'm straight lined to yes. so-and-so. Exactly. And there's where, where there's a person who's in charge of people who you're like, there's no way they should be in charge of that person. Yeah. Like they don't do the same thing in the company at all. Mm-hmm. Why, where's this going? And between that and the people who just get very attached to their titles and the importance of their titles yeah. in situations where everyone is more or less an equal. Yeah. I mean, it's the Dwight Schrute, you know, assistant general manager versus assistant to the general manager sort of thing. There's a lot of power play going on in so far your picks. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, yeah. It's, that's the office politics. I mean, uh, there's a lot of... I, if this was just stupid shit people do at the office... Yeah, well, this, this would be a broader yeah, you're, topic. Yeah. yeah, you're looking at my I, list What then. I love about yeah. the word that the designation of office politics is in politics, there's a campaign. And right. it, it presum- the presumptive idea is that there is an office to be run for or somebody is going to be the president of bullshit enterprises. Right. Or, you know, uh, Dude, I said not to mention my company's name. <laughs> okay. Um, dead end marketing. <laughs> the, the, and it's not false. There is opportunity to be had by one who is succeeding in that game of whatever we're doing right but it's such a a shallow hollow victory right (laughs) when you can do when you can do the things you do to get to the top that are petty and awful congrats you're in charge of the worst company in the world yeah you've (laughs) sunk your company by being awful and miserable and not actually doing anything to help the company yeah but now you've got a new title congratulations yeah and it's just one of those things i just think about office politics and as a general rule, if you have an org chart that makes sense, you can look at it and go, okay, this department, this department, this department, here's how everything flows. You're going to have a lot less office politics. Now, you're still going to have the person at, like at one job I had, an art director. Right? She was the art director. And then they decided to reorg and realize, well, we don't need a director level position just yep. for someone doing art, like, like um, basically like, photos for our ads yeah. and stuff like that. You're Direct- now third shift custodian. Yeah, director level, that comes with a parking spot. Yeah, you don't want <laughs> that. that. Comes with a- but then, then this person insisted on keeping the director level like title in yeah. their like email. 
and on their little plaque they had in their, on their door <laughs> until somebody complained about it and made her have to change it. Which I don't know what's more petty in that situation. The person who refuses to give up that uh, title or the person who complained to somebody. That's just a 50-50 bar. That's just, that's yeah. just, that's just a... <laughs> yeah. That's just a, it, a lose-lose of suck right there. It does seem like we are are advised to dress for the job we want, dress for success, you know, be ready for the job you want. That person seemed to worry how the currency of her title would be retain its value once she's fired for being such a cunt in the office. Well, here's the weird thing. She, this person had worked at that company for a long time, and I believe will be working there until she oh. retires. Oh, wow. So that's why I don't quite understand yeah. what... The importance is, I mean, she worked in a, within like basically a two or three person marketing department. Mm-hmm. Hey, There's no like power when to be had there. Yeah. When you're when you're putting your business cards into the giant uh, fishbowl at Chevy's <laughs> and they draw your name, you want them to know that they're the assistant regional director, yeah. not you're the, the assistant to the regional director. Art program. director, not art manager. That's right. Giant difference. Okay, Michael, you're second. Uh, talking about control, uh, number two on my list is... HVAC in the office. Oh. Mm. And there is... Oh, look at the big shot over here. It gets air conditioning in his office. That's Ooh. right. There is a ton of uh, power play that goes into the people that control that little box that's yeah. like on the side of a column that controls, you know, 300 square feet of <laughs> whatever uh, in any given office. And often it comes down to like a man versus woman thing. Oh, yeah. and it, Because women are... Traditionally, not traditionally, but physically colder than men. And for whatever reason, all the time, they are just colder. And offices tend to be colder. And I've seen that as like a mis- misogynistic yeah. thing. People complain about that. And I think it's just because a couple of things. One, offices tend to be colder in the morning and warm up throughout the day. So they try to stay cold initially mm-hmm. to kind of keep it at an even temperature. But um, is this more of a problem in an office where my office, the I think my office, um, I think Jigsaw, the horror film character, devised the HVAC plan because it's <laughs> it's you go through 20 different um, bio. What is it? Bio, Biodomes? What, what is it? You know, when the different it's temperatures. Polly Shore there. It's <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Baldwin, the worst Baldwin. Um, there are 20 different temperature differences in my office like zones like zones yeah, yeah. there's like tundra and step and <laughs> arctic and subarctic and you when you see when you get to uh, genghis khan you, you yeah, know you're yeah. in trouble by the time you go to the mail you've seen people in parkas and people in bikinis <laughs> i'm convinced at this point that departments shouldn't be uh sat together by like whether you're in marketing or whether you're in uh you know, accounts payable. It should just be like, okay, what temperature are you comfortable <laughs> at? Because everyone's just communicating over email anyway. Yeah. No one's getting up. And if you're going to a meeting, you're going into like a conference room to, to gather. But um, I always think it's funny when you see people like one person gets up and adjusts the thermostat and then like seven minutes later, someone else is going up. And you realize this is why they start to put locks on these things. Or an al- or, or the, uh, or, or like the uh, little password you have to put in. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's just amazing to see how much how important the importance uh-huh. of being comfortable is uh, is in an office yeah. and you, people start to load up. I don't can't remember who mentioned it, but you see like someone, you know, I always see people bringing in blankets and they're just draped around them. Mm-hmm. And like maybe I'm a little. It's Whistler's mother over in the corner. 
I mean, it's not 30 <laughs> degrees in there for people. It isn't. It's, it's not. I mean, if you want, if you're a little cold and you need to bring like a cardigan or something, that's fine. But you don't need a whole Columbia outerwear like parka set. It's, it's six. It's 68 degrees, and then in another part of the office, it's 73. The swings in temperature isn't crazy. Instead of the the thermostat display as it is, there should be a game of Jeopardy, and the smartest person gets to win, <laughs> or the first three levels of Ms. Pac-Man or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that'd be good. And if you can, you can win that. Then whoever gets high score, you get to. Control the temperature. Ultimately, I think, like what you said, a lot of office buildings are, you're not the first tenant that ever moved in there. Yeah. So oftentimes, like, they're, like their systems are built around they o- may, they other may, other walls that kind of separated the areas. Right. So they're not going to go back when they a new tenant moves in. They're not going to go back and, like, redesign the, it's, the it, HVAC. It, it, yeah. They're going to leave it alone because that costs many thousands of dollars. And they're just going to knock down walls and be like, you're all in cubes now, so don't. Who cares? <laughs> just deal with it. <laughs> the, the worry we're just going to be we're yeah. just going to assign it to someone that's going to come adjust the thermostat, or in some cases, fake adjust it. Yeah. And then, and then you ask them later, and you're like, "Oh, so how are you feeling better? Oh, yeah, it's much better." And you're like, "They faux adjusted it. I didn't do it. They just stuck the decal thing. that comes when you buy a, a travel <laughs> alarm clock right over there. Seems fine. It's look. It's it's, it's a, a seventy four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's 12 o'clock degrees around here. These guys have just aired their first two choices, and this is the moment where I say, hey, are you in your office right now listening to podcasts? Um, good. Your boss is right behind your you. Boss. Turn it off. <laughs> you can. I can see the stock price for your company going down with your lack of productivity. <laughs> but I'm glad that you're supporting the Mount Rushmore podcast that Richard and Michael and I love to do and love to bring to you and love to share with others. So if you want to help us share it... Um, then, like that bunt cake that you bring to the office and put in the break room and share with everybody, then please go to the bunt cake of iTunes and download a slice of Mount Rushmore podcast, rate, uh, review it, and subscribe. If that's the thing you still do with podcasts, I think. And uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Well, not yeah. ours usually, but <laughs> some <laughs> WTF podcast. Whatever thing is you do with them. Do with us. Do with us. I, I would love to see a new review on there because I think the review part of our podcast is broken or something. What was the last? What was the last review we got? It was just three stars. Pretty good. It's all of our. Wives. Is that what it was, Michael? It was three stars and said, uh, "Pretty good," and that was the title of it. And then the body of it said, "It's a good podcast." Yeah. Yeah. God bless you. That's the guy who runs the Mediocre Ratings podcast. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And also, you can follow us on our Facebook page where you can leave suggestions for future episodes. We have in many times or a couple of times in the past done suggestions that people have placed on our Facebook. And it's, those have always been fun to do. And maybe we'll rope you and having to come in and uh, be part of the show. Yeah. You never great. know. I hope you're not allergic to flies because this room is filled with them right now. Maybe I'm just seeing them. Yeah. So, that's... That's the middle third where we implore you to follow our podcast. And now we're back. Richard, what's your third? Okay, so my third one is control of the television in the, in the break room. Okay, mm. what? Oh, in the break room. In the oh, break okay. room okay. specifically. Okay. 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 No, it's not like I'm not just, we have TVs in our office and we're all just sitting around just watching, watching a TV. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Toughest part of my job is I don't get to watch all the shows I like. <laughs> we're hoping it of one person whose job is to watch cartoons all day, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. On the org, org chart, it says, <laughs> this watcher. person watches cartoons. Now, there's another person in another department whose job it is to watch, like, Judge Judy. Oh, yeah. But, She's no, so, so you've got the break room. And you got your break, and you wander in there, and people kind of take their break right around the same time. And whoever it is that got in there first has put on the most random, useless, 
nobody else want, wants to watch sort of thing. Yeah. And is just engrossed in like it. Like animal best friends or yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like an animal channel show mm-hmm. or like, you know, reruns of Maud. Yeah. But like, you know, or some other like, or really mama's what family. Your mama's family or something. <laughs> well, you know, like me TV or whatever those, okay. those random like 13.6 channels are you get on your digital stations. <laughs> Please tell me this is the CEO of your company. <laughs> oh, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> He's not just the he's not just the founder. He's also really, really in love with the TV show Mama's Family. When is Eunice gonna get some sense? Invariably, it's also the same person who like manages to plan their break, mm. to get in there, and like get control of the TV. And then you're like stuck with that. And there's like twenty other people there, and maybe half of them want to watch something else, but nobody knows it. Okay, did this person put this show on and they're really watching it? Did it just happen to be on something else and they never changed it? Mm-hmm. And of course, God forbid we actually ask anybody, hey, are you watching this? No, that's that's not going to work. So you kind of have to mill around and wait for them to leave. Then you wind up not taking your break. Maybe I'm just a little personal here. Then yeah. you wind up not taking your break until you see that person leave. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get over there, someone else is in the break room. And now the TV channel's changed. Now you don't know what the hell's going on. Then you don't you get to have your lunchtime wink in the broom closet. And then someone who's already in there, oh, so no. like, why do I? Hmm, what's what's the what's the protocol, protocol here? Uh, the the sixteen year old me used to have a remote controlled watch, where I could, Ooh, look at Dick Tracy wait, over somebody here. Somebody else controlled your watch? No, no. no. <laughs> uh, huh. I, it okay. was on my left hand. I had the control <laughs> of my right. Hand. <laughs> no, it was strange. It, it was strange. It would move one second at a time <laughs> forward <laughs> every day. I wasn't doing it. Someone else was. No, I had like a remote control watch where I could you could change like TV channels. Oh, that's right. Like an IR, oh, whatever. Yeah. And you could find like a, a remote. You could find like whatever the code was Ooh, for whatever TV. And I used to use it in class every once in a oh. while. But like to have that, you know, 35 and looking at a TV in the break room just zap. slowly like change the channel. <laughs> People like start going crazy would be great. Believe it's time for VH1 class. <laughs> we have um, at, at my office... Uh, in the last year or so, they built out a pretty swanky like break room or it's like it's a game room. So we have like a kitchen and, and everything, but we sure. have like a big game room that has uh, a pool table and has like uh, what's that little puck sliding game? Oh, air hockey. No, no, no. But the one with, it's like slides on sand. That's actual sex. Oh, uh, shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. Not shuffle bombed. And they, totally <laughs> different game. And they have like, you know these big leather chairs set around the TV and they have like a ping pong table. Like you worked at a TGI Fridays. Uh, God, it, it's, it's great, but it's really, it was really built. You know, they say it was built for uh, the employees, but it was 100% built for the CEO yeah. uh, to have like this $70,000 uh, golf simulator put into one <laughs> corner of the room. And, but you see the same thing happen there as people come in and it's all, what will happen is one person will come in and sit down on like the leather chair and, and, put the TV on and then for whatever reason no one else will go in. Oh. This huge room right. will be completely empty because they give them like the, their own personal space. It's like what? Just go in and sit down with yeah. them. But yeah. people are so afraid of like ruining someone else's time or like sharing like a really comfortable space with some mm-hmm. people. Right. That sometimes I, you know, like you said, they're afraid to go and change the channel or talk to about like can we change the channel? They'll just like avoid it entirely. Okay, uh, Michael, you're up. Uh, you mentioned, Richard, getting there first to change the TV channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is the 
political stab in the back that is the free food, free food, free lunch at an office. It seems it seems like a great idea, but it is 100 percent just a con Mm -hmm. by the office to get you to work at your desk for an hour rather than going out to lunch. Yeah. You know, sure. It costs the company a couple hundred dollars in pizza. Right. No way. It's 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 for you to get there. You get your get your pizza, get your salad Mm -hmm. and you have given them free hour of your day back to them yeah sitting at your desk answering emails i i worked as a person who's worked a lot in corporate communications we always worked with the hr people and there was a guy who had me convinced between pizza and salary he said the reason pizza is so great is because it's breaking bread we all have mm. the same also you know, tastes good it and it, yeah but, pizza's pretty good Jeff, is, you maybe, should try some pizza yeah. sometime because it tastes great <laughs> but he also said that um, this was at a major electronics retailer. Uh, he also said that uh, the young young people don't even know what a raise is. Like you give them a quarter more, it could make the company go under because everybody got a quarter raise and they're going to go bankrupt. Um, but a person who doesn't have a mortgage, doesn't pay their own uh, loan on their car, they don't pay rent anywhere, eh, quarter, whatever, doesn't yeah. really make that much of a difference to them. But he did expound on the virtues of breaking bread and pizza and sharing. There's, I think that there's so many things that are involved with just food, whether it it shows this weird sense of appreciation from the company or yeah. you, you interpret it as, oh, they really care about me. They brought like a food truck out, you yeah. know, or I, my company will do that. They'll get like a cool house right. ice cream yeah. sandwiches to come out, you know, once a summer yeah. or they'll do like the Koji truck mm-hmm. or they'll do free lunches. And you think, oh, my God. It doesn't cost them as much as you think it costs mm-hmm. them. And you go from being disgruntled to just gruntled for the price <laughs> of a piece of pizza. Regularly or, gruntled. Yeah, regularly gruntled. <laughs> okay, so the company I work for right now, um, when I first started working there, they were just in the process of getting acquired by another company. And when I first got there, and they're still kind of an independent company, they would get buy cater lunch twice a week and then breakfast once a week. And then they went down to breakfast once a week and catered lunch once a week. Then everyone combined in the new offices downtown. And it's just, you get lunch once a week. And like people were just complaining and upset about this. And it's like, you're still getting a free lunch once a week. Yeah, but it's not. We used to do like a monthly thing that they eventually, eventually became a quarterly thing and eventually just got cut out altogether. And you just have to, you have to do it slowly. Yeah. And pe- and wean people off of it. But it's amazing how how people will listen. There's enough pizza for everybody. But <laughs> people will line up to be there first in line 20 minutes out, 30 minutes out. Just wait. I mean, maybe, you know, it depends on the the place, but like But it's pizza. It's really good. Yeah, really it's good. It's really good. So do you, at your office with the pizza, do you have the the a-hole who has who insists on like a vegetarian or like a vegan pizza? Uh we got some of that, and it's like, great, we've got a whole pizza that's like fake cheese. Mm-hmm. No. You know what? Maybe maybe you just don't get lunch that, that week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, maybe your need for like a vegan pizza is not superseded by the fact that nobody else wants a vegan pizza. I would also propose that free food at the office is ultimately an incredible waste of food. Because what ends up happening is people forget that it's like free food. Friday yeah. or whatever it is for the office lunch and they bring in their leftovers yeah. and then the next day it, they've it, now it's Monday and they're not eating those leftovers and those just get tossed. Uh-huh. So there's so many offices that, or <laughs> so many meals that I'm sure have dumped in the trash just for a slice of uh-huh. pep. 
You know what's funny about pizza is it's an opportunity to kind of often when we've had pizza, it's a very egalitarian environment where everybody comes in. There's some kind of announcement email that people get free pizza in the break room. Everybody comes in. And then the boss is usually the person who en- ends up paying for the pizza. Yeah. Um, so it should be a great uniter. But then you see, you see, look at the boss and go, hey, boss eats pizza. Hey, look. And then you realize, boss eats pizza like an idiot. He's using a fork and knife. Oh, that's even the worst is when you see uh, your boss walk out the door and go get lunch with the other, with yeah. the other higher ups. And you're like, ah, too good for pizza. Too huh? good for pizza. <laughs> ah, too many calories, huh? <laughs> what a jerk. Oh, he's probably going to that fancy pizza place. <laughs> Richard. All right. So my fourth and final. Final option. My final one is. Final choice. Sorry, that was unnecessary. Like weird. Annual reviews and the <laughs> awkwardness that, you that li- you go around that. that. I saw annual reviews the other day. Yeah. Uh, episode 15. <laughs> you know, annual reviews, which are something that I just loathe. I loathed doing them when I was in management. I loathe getting them now that I'm. Now that I'm not in management. Yeah. And I just, they're useless. I've never been a part of a review where I got anything constructive out of it. Mm -hmm. I just haven't. Here's your four. Yeah. (laughs) Most of the time, and and most of the time your boss doesn't want to give it. And, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to brag, but I guess I'm an average worker. So it's always just like, yeah, you're doing a pretty good job. Keep up. You know, maybe do a little bit more of this next quarter. But other than that, okay. It's always strange when you can tell that, that their directive from some someone on high is to always find something to improve. It's not just like yeah. everything's great, do everything exactly the same way. It's it's there's always one little everything's great, do everything exactly the same way. But also, you know, occasionally <laughs> there's a slow pause and an exhale. Here's one thing I've noticed. Here's one thing that you, that you could be doing. Hmm. Stop it's a way to improve. It's you're not doing bad at it. Yeah, just you could improve on it. You know, when you re- reply to the email, could you do it just a little faster? Yeah, I noticed you come in at eight forty-seven. Maybe try eight forty-six. You're saying, <laughs> yeah, do you feel inspired? Yeah, you noticed the yeah, exactly. And the reason for that is, of course, if there's nothing for them to uh, con- critique about you, then it's harder for them not to give you a raise. Hmm. Right, you know, so, or I've had times where it's been. I've had or maybe new- their job is is oh maybe their job is the one that's actually in, you know in doubt, and if uh, they, some you know their boss looks down at the uh, review and's like, well, they're doing everything great, but mm-hmm. where's the problem? Why, here? why do I why do I need why do I need this person in between I, us? I for the last two years of my career was managing a complete psychotic. This guy, everything about him was. Freud would have a field minute with this guy oh, before he gone? He, he's gone. Oh, he, wow. He, he gone? He was fired for sexual harassment. Oh, that 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 was the... Uh, that was the guy. The camel, the straw that broke the camel's back. This guy though, would it? say, like, I knew all this stuff. I also knew he, every time I left the room, he was bad-mouthing me to my employees. I knew I knew that, and I, because I work for a, a company that is more fearful of law, of wrongful termination lawsuits, had to toe this line. Like, I didn't know all this stuff was happening. Um, going to HR, this guy had already had a punch card with HR for all the infractions and all the people who complained about sexual harassment for the last six years. And so he got promoted, is so what he you're got a saying. Promotion to yeah. the head of the entertainment industry. The 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 challenge I had was eating shit during that review and pretending because he was beyond motivation because he didn't he didn't and he always pretended 
his you, people also when you get a review you do a self review often and his self review was how stellar and amazing he is how he doesn't get enough opportunity <laughs> and how he needs us to buy him more toys that he can play with in the office cool and just to kind of sit there and have to smile and nod and act like he was anything less than a um oppositionally defiant self-absorbed narcissist who had no place in an institution such as a corporation. Or Maybe not. an institution. Maybe just in an not that kind of institution. <laughs> Full stop. So it was just so challenging. Just And I remember it, sometimes it was kind of one of the easiest reviews to give because you just kind of sit there and nod say, boy," Because mm. <laughs> there's nothing I can say to this guy. I... I Familiar with some narcissists, and if you were not complimenting them, you're attacking them. So you literally would just turn red if you said anything like... Negatively. Maybe, maybe you can improve this, maybe you can improve that. You maybe you can, you can improve not calling female co-workers cunts. Yeah. Could you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, and, sorry, yeah. And, and talking, I, do you think that was your situation with your review? <laughs> <laughs> what, are you trying, what, what I'm trying to say, this Richard, there's up. things you could work on. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you did sort of tangentially bring up one part of it, which is the self-review. Yeah. I, I, I now have to do that as part of my review process, go in and give myself a star grade for each of these things. And it's like, if I'm being honest, five, 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 five. So sometimes you have to like give yourself a four and something mm-hmm. just so it doesn't look like it's all like great across the board. Four, I could do a little bit better. You know, I could I could be more organized. Mm-hmm. That's always like the, I could be more organized. That's a good one. That's always a good one to to fall on the sword on is more organized because everybody could be more or- technically and more organized Im- implies that you've got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Hmm. And so like, no, I, I, no, my organization's fine. I'm not really doing anything. So I, I have no papers file, anything like that. I'm, I'm fine. All right, Michael, what's your fourth? Uh, my last one is uh, workplace romance and how awkward the navigating that world is. That was the plot of anal reviews. <laughs> 15? 15. <laughs> Don't act like you're just coming up with that. I saw the movie too. Uh, I need to call you into our office for a review. An uh, anal review? It looks like you've been leaving a lot of passive-aggressive notes all over the office. And the org chart here, uh, let's uh, let's uh, reorganize that a little bit. Uh, also, let's reorganize your colon. <laughs> that's... Oh, that's awful. You know, I mean, that's the first thing that's going to get you a sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that there is a, like, a relationship politics that happens quite often in any company. I mean, it, I guess it also doesn't necessarily happen within a company, but it could be within yeah. school or anything. But, the, like, just trying to figure out what is or isn't appropriate within your office space, I think, is very challenging uh-huh. And you know, there's, there's that weird like, creepy. <laughs> mad Is it ma- challenging? I think we all see the video on our first day at work. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. D- do not wear mirrored shoes and stand behind people. Uh, do not uh, have a fifth of, of bourbon in your in your desk drawer and uh, lock the door behind them. In, in your, your in your like sexual harassment employee video, I remember at, at the company I work. They, the setting is never the company where you work. It's, you know, it's ABC Incorporated, you know, or it's or right. XYZ Incorporated. It's, al- it's always like a travel office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a, com- for a, a business that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You're going in, you're like, oh, here's ABC Travel. Huh. <laughs> they don't do that. There's no more stanchions that hold like plate, like Bermuda 
<laughs> pamphlets on Bermuda anymore. Yeah, there's you? no such thing. So you're saying the, the the gray area. It's where where is the line? What's the what's the? I think I think it becomes harder and harder with HR these days, and I don't know if every if 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 people have people's common sense is caught up to the uh, legality of what oh, one okay. can or can't do. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's this weird now bygone era of like Mad Men yeah. that kind of was like romanticized, you know, 10 years ago when Mad Men came out and people were like, oh my God, remember how cool it was? Yeah. It's like, no, it was really fucking was awful yeah, for like half of the people or two thirds of the people yeah. in the office and this weird power struggle between uh, men and women. But I think that, I don't know, I you'd, you'd start to notice some people in the office hanging out a little bit more. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, they're going on a have lunch every day. Yeah. They didn't used to have lunch yeah. every day. They're going on walks around the... Uh, they come by their office a lot. Yeah. It's, it's weird. A, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, I think that's an extension of that. Is When you said office romance, maybe think of all, kind of the office bromance or office friendships and al- al- alliances that created, whether they're romantic or mm. whether they're just cliquish groups mm-hmm. and how those can be isolating for some people or they can be borderline um, against company they can be against company policy. Yeah. But, and they think with the advent of electronic communication, there's also all these other ways for people to have these connections in the office um, that one would question whether they're appropriate or not or whether it's toxic for the environment because romances end and then yeah. something <laughs> really bad can happen. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw that firsthand, one of my jobs. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, they, one of the writers at the newspaper had been dating one of the editors for a long time. And then one of the editors started dating another one of the reporters oh. behind that reporter's back. Mm-hmm. And they still had to work together after this all went down. Mm. Oh, wow. That was ugly. That, oh, was, wow. that, was, that was not a fun yeah. situation to be like yeah. anywhere near. Yeah. Meetings were not good there. It's, so, it's also strange when you, when you realize that like two people are together. Or, or like you're like, oh, oh, they're dating. Yeah. Oh, okay. They showed up to the Christmas party together. Do they are they allowed are, are they allowed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, they are adults and uh-huh. it's it's always very just very strange when you when you reconfigure people out of like an office uh mindset and into one of oh yes, yeah. they're getting into the same Honda. Yeah, yeah. It is I, I can see why it happens. You work very intensely with these people and it could be the place where romance is is ready to flourish and i think also also if somebody is in a relationship and office is kind of their refuge where they can be this other person they're not pegged down by that one relationship so in a, in a dozen years that i've been at my company um i've made f- actual just friends friends with like three people yeah yeah i i keep i keep the daily conversations too i do too yeah but it's hey how hey how, how was your weekend mine was very good thank you i do not <laughs> offer the reply the Ooh. how was yours because I just don't care. For listeners to this podcast, this is how Michael and I interact off microphone, too. I, I try to get some information out of him about his life. <laughs> Jeff will send me a text, and I'll just start to reply back. So he just see, sees the, the three dots. dots. But then I just never finish. So he's just always you, waiting. You actually reply back waiting. with dots. Three dots. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay, so this has been a fascinating trip through the uh, institution of the office and how, in some ways, it's like the world where... 
all this stuff can happen in terms of relationships and desires to further our lives and um, um, petty little things, just about the basic level of you know food and all that kind of stuff. So that's been a really interesting journey. Um, before I kind of divulge my choice as to who gets etched onto the Mount Rushmore, I want to talk about my pet peeve. And it's these are two things that shouldn't really go together, but I think they kind of do. Two biological aspects of people's lives that impact their performance. One is pregnancy and one is smoking. And I've been peeved in the past. I've never been pregnant and I haven't been a smoker yet uh, for either one of those things. But those two are very much protected classes still. If you have a cigarette addiction, you get to leave your desk up to 10 times a day for a period of 30 minutes to go smoke in the designated smoking area, which is now usually seven miles away from the office. So that person has this productivity dip that they're allowed to uh, in, engage in. If I were to take seven naps a day at my desk and just dip forward, <laughs> I would be fired, right? So that's something that's been kind of a peeve. I realize nicotine addiction is no laughing matter. It's not fun for that person. But uh, that's something that's always been, that's something that's gotten my craw before, the politics surrounding that. And another thing, this is not going to be a popular choice. Um, one member of our podcast, uh, Michael Winfield, uh, is soon going to be Papa Winfield. And at that point, he's going to get um, probably paternity leave. Am I right? That's correct. And then for the next 20 years of your life, you're going to dodge out about 2.30 on Friday to go to a, I don't know, baseball game or something like yeah, that. He does that now, though. Yeah, that's, that's, right. Right. <laughs> that's right. Now I got an excuse for it. <laughs> the the uh, Great Institute of Parenting has allowed people for years to be better than everybody else. And in my office, those people who are pregnant or people who are having have a little tyke at home use it as an excuse to never do any work ever and they can always say i gotta go because well, i'm a no parent ever <laughs> okay i sounded dickish in the, for the last two minutes or has it been my whole life uh, i'd like to think it's you sounded dickish for the last two minutes okay we'll, we'll you've check. also sounded dickish for the rest of your okay. life we'll you check. Mitch, Hed, Mitch Hedberg thing we're gonna go look listen back to all the past episodes which you should do guys yeah everyone should, Just, should do I, I'll, I'll send you some notes <laughs> a little dot wait for it in a text message <laughs> It's now my dubious honor to evaluate the Mount Rushmore choices these gentlemen have given. And what I think is the funnest part of my job, at least I make it my job, is to tell a narrative and a theme in each of their choices. And Richard's theme was definitely a Machiavellian chess move. Richard's about an individual's quest for power inside the cold uh, institutional org chart. So I think of his choices in terms of like the actual org chart, people kind of brinksmanship going over the head of another physical control resting the remote and control over the television and then these moments where one person mano a mano gets to go up against another in an annual review i think these are fascinating so i think if this were a game boiled down to it you know richard would be definitely like something like chess or even 3d chess like on star trek on on the other hand i think michael's choice is very much were like uh, the plot of Les Mis, you know, it's kind of this, uh, it, or if it was a game, it's that, you ever had that game where you'd have a steel marble and try to go through this labyrinth that's on these two <laughs> rollers, and you're just trying not to fall down in the hole while you get from one side to the other, like a rat trying to get some cheese, so, um, but definitely it's got kind of a um, Horatio Alger thing, the 
the huddled masses just trying to get some free bread, you know, at, at lunch and um, workplace romances. I imagine these two lovers kind of meeting each other behind behind the the mill or something like that, um, sending furtive uh, notes to each other on the refrigerator or something like that, and then just trying to stay warm and not die in the cold, cold, cold air conditioning that's uh, cranked up so high. So I just find it entertaining. Uh, to that end, Richard, I'm going to say I think your marketing you work in marketing yeah yeah is it small office my office itself yeah. or the my department Your or department, the whole office yeah. offices uh departments very small yeah and you work from home a couple days a week yeah okay by the way there's some office politics going on oh whatever <laughs> whatever i want to i want to watch something on tv on my break and my father-in-law's already watching so <laughs> oh my god so I, I, I will say it's some of this was impacted. I know you did kind of come out saying, you know, that you have a different kind of professional environment. You haven't worked in a lot of environments with a lot of the typical stuff. So here are my choices. Um, they are, one, the HVAC, control, politics of temperature. I find that very compelling. <laughs> and how, who thought that just the, uh, the, the Celsius and Fahrenheit would impact so many people and how they interact with each other? Um, two, control of the TV. It's a very clear picture that Richard presents about how this one half hour, 45 minutes out of your day when you just want to sit down and relax and forget that you're in a stupid office and how that can be ruined by a rerun of Maud or Family Ties or something like that. Uh, three, I chose free food. That's always choose free food. Always choose free food. <laughs> always. I, w- I wish all food were free. And if elected your president, it will be. Uh, this is a real uh, colorful narrative about how that polarizes and unifies, but mostly polarizes people. And four is uh, the office romance. So I think I feel like uh, Michael got three out of four. I'm uh, who's, who does HR for our podcast? <laughs> That'd be Tammy, but she's been replaced by a foreign uh, overseas outsourced company. Oh, in India? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to pick up. Paul in India yeah. and give him a call because I don't he, think this was fair. They're on the line 24 hours. Anytime you need to call, they're okay. happy to listen to you. I don't, I don't think uh, Jeff's review by uh, Richard is going to be fair. Yeah, could you step into my office, Jeff, <laughs> oh, my God. and bring all your stuff? You want to be judge of Mount Rushmore podcast, don't you? I went right over your <laughs> head. Right over my head. Uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. I, I'm President Jeff of the company. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 